Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you're driving down the highway almost anywhere in this country, you're likely going to see a Lamar billboard. And while you may know that Lamar is one of Baton Rouge's biggest companies, you might not realize it's also the largest outdoor advertising company in the United States. Lamar has more than 144,000 billboards in the U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico, and more than $1.3 billion in revenues last year. It all started out as a little family business in the Deep South. Joining us today to tell us about it is Sean Riley, who is the company's CEO. My other guest today is Stephen St. Cyr, and he also knows a thing or two about the sign business. Stephen doesn't do billboards, but anytime you walk into a Circle K, for instance, and see a big life-size cutout propped up on a cardboard frame, it's an image that likely rolled off of a large format printer at St. Sears Print Shop, Vivid Ink Graphics. The company has been growing exponentially over the past few years and recently moved into the old Circuit City building on Airline Highway because it needed more space. Stephen, great story about your company and the cool stuff y'all do. Glad to have you here today. Glad to be here. Okay, so Sean, I want to get back to the history of your company because it's just a fascinating Baton Rouge business story. And you're so huge all over the country. And like I said, I don't think a lot of people realize that. But it was your great-grandfather that started it? Correct, actually. uh, uh, My mother's grandfather. Um, Pensacola, Florida, a guy named Charlie Lamar, uh, was actually a banker, and he owned the Opera House uh, at the turn of the last century, right? Wow. <laughs> um, and of course, in, in, the, uh, in 1900, there were no TV, radio, movies, right. right? And the Opera House was really the center of attention for a community like Pensacola, and they used to post the coming attractions, the vaudeville act or the diva that was coming to perform, and... Uh, One day in 1902, a a gentleman from the Coca-Cola Bottling Company uh, came down to Pensacola from Atlanta. Um, And he went to uh, Charlie Lamar and his partner, Charlie Cole, and said, will you post drink Coca-Cola on the side of the the, uh, opera house when you post the coming attractions? And uh, the two Charlies looked at each other and said, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And uh, we'll also post them all over town. (laughs) And that was the birth of the Pensacola Posting Company. And I guess that was probably a new concept at the time. I mean, it to put was. A, a it was a Coke. very new concept, uh, but Coke was doing this all over the country. Okay. They were putting people in the in the billboard, billboard business, business, as as it were. Um, you know the phrase the phrase "post no bills." Right, right. That comes from that because farmers got a little tired of uh, people just putting sure. drink Coca Cola uh, on the side of their fence, and they would put "post no bills." So we fast forward a hundred something years, and. You all are tremendous today, mm-hmm. and your billboards all over the country. Number one biggest company in the, in the country. Yeah, right. if you count the number of faces, the number of signs, absolutely. Okay. Uh, over 150,000 sort of traditional displays. And if you count 
the logo business we're in, the transit businesses we're in, and now the airport business we're in, it's well over 300,000 display faces. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that, because I think people probably don't realize that Lamar does a whole lot more than just the billboards now. So yeah, we, uh, we do traditional billboards, and, and we're the leader in the deployment of LED digital billboards mm -hmm. all over the country. Um, but we have some other businesses that are kind of fun. Uh, we wrap buses all over the country. Um, we do uh, airport executions now with our recent acquisition. Um, and those can be really cool. Uh, next time you're in the Vegas airport and you're wandering around and you see cool stuff going on in the airport, that's us. So that's any sort of cool signage inside yes. the airport. Yeah. Interactive, signage. Yeah, interactive, 3D. Uh, if you can dream it in the airport setting, we can do it. So that's cool. So what percentage of Lamar business is now not traditional outdoor, would you say? Um, so we did uh, about uh, 1.3 billion in revenues. Um, about 100 million of that would be airports and buses and transit. Mm -hmm. And about another 60 to 70 million would be the little blue signs you see on the side of the interstates. Right. They say food, gas, lodging. Um, we do that in about uh, 25 states. Okay. And, uh, so, so it just, it makes sense to diversify though, I guess. I mean, it is a, a little bit of a diversification, but at the end of the day, um, you know, a sign is a sign is a sign. And, <laughs> and our job, is to put our customers where they want to be to get their message out to their best potential customers. So that could be an airport, it could be a, a train station, could be the interstate, mm -hmm. you know, or it could be Corporate Boulevard. Now, speaking of signs, Stephen, your company, Vividing Graphics, also makes signs of a different yes. sort. Um, big banners, large big format banners. printing. Absolutely. Tell us what your meat and potatoes are. Well, our meat and potatoes are anything that could be printed that you walk in and see. So whether it's a small piece or a large piece or large is relative, not large for a, a billboard, except we do do a lot of, it's kind of weird, we are much, much smaller and it's microcosm compared to Lamar. We do a lot of the same things. We'll print, like we'll print billboards for Exxon and we'll print the, we used to do the state <laughs> signage before Louisiana, before y'all right. took it over right. actually. The, and we do, Mostly walk-in, point-of-purchase displays, mostly uh, any kind of signage that people need from just building signs to promotions to decals to banners. So right now, just in the shop, they're doing a large uh, promotion for the next Canes. Okay. Manners of the Heart is going on, which is a big promotion for the schools that's going in the schools. So when all, there's a program throughout the state where f to teach etiquette, and they have a lot, a lot of signs for that. Well, we're making all those signs. That's just something that's going on. At the same time, there's 108 banners being put up all this week for LSU with the new students going up. So we'll produce and install all those. Those are the types of things we do. And I mean, I've been in your shop before and I've seen the huge printers. So right. a lot of logistics go into printing these giant, giant rolls or banners Cor that... Correct, it's, there's lots and lots of big, big printers. and. <laughs> I, I like to get a new toy, and so I call them my toys, <laughs> but I, I, when something happens or the breaks, I tease the operators and say, don't you break my machine, or, and they, they take a lot of pride in keeping them up, and we actually rate our machines, the condition of it, and every week the, the operator has to now has to report back, it's an A, A minus, B, B minus, of the operator, so we oh, can keep, this, keep the status of the machines up and running. 
Now, y'all branched out into New Orleans a, a couple of years ago. About five years ago, yeah. You do more work down there, and, and you were telling me recently that New Orleans has a lot of opportunities that Baton Rouge doesn't necessarily, just because they have so many festivals and corporate-sponsored parties that go along with all of their yeah. events. Baton Rouge, we're pretty much a corporate company. All our customers are largely corporations. New Orleans is much more event-driven. There's a lot, a lot of just festivals and the Sugar Bowl and the New Orleans Bowl and this party and that party and every event has parties that go around. Like Tales of the Cocktail just passed, which is a great big event for all the Celebrating people that make, make right? whiskeys <laughs> and alcohol, any kind of spirits, I guess is the right term. Well, we did most of the work for that, but not only that, all those alcohol companies come in and they have big things and that's a big their own party their own so parties. then you do stuff for that's, them as well right that's kind of the, that's kind of going on that just wrapped up actually where do y'all see technology taking your business in in the next few years is like the sky's the limit i suppose you would say. um the the world of large format billboards um is moving in the direction of more and more leds digital uh more and more interactive um and in particular when you get into more pedestrian and, and intimate settings like airports. Um, the technologies are designed around interacting with mobile phones. Sure. And so that um, whatever, you, whatever you see depicted in, in the space, um, you can capture it on here, you can explore on uh, mobile devices, um, you can swipe uh, QR codes that would download a bunch of information on whatever product you might want. And this is a little scary. Um, the display itself may ping your phone. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's uh, a lot now scary. We, we're actually doing that today, but we do it through an opt-in. Y'all opt do the pinging? Yes, yeah, so we do it with an opt-in technology. So let's say your uh, app on your phone is the ESPN Sports Center app. Okay. I have it on mine. Um, and you opt in to being pinged then you could walk by a, a display, for example, in the Las Vegas airport for Under Armour, right. for example, um, and they'll ping your phone with the same ad that you're walking by. Oh, so you'll see it there incredible. and you see it here. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, it's not so much Big Brother as it sounds. It sounds. Because it is an opt-in technology and you can opt out of it if you don't want to be pinged. But we've done those campaigns before and um, they're, they're... And then you work uh, on the... On the love it. I mean, is there a middleman, a, a technology company yes, that you partner yes, with on this? Yes, we use a technology company called Blue Byte, and what they do is they geofence the area that the phone moves into. It's typically around our display. And um, again, if you have the opt-in app and you walk by the display, you'll get the same uh, ad that you're looking at will be pinged onto your phone with more information about the product. That is fascinating. You know, if it's, if it's uh, you know, an Under Armour shoe, for example, right. you might get some more detailed information about pricing or where you can get it or whatever. Is that a Baton Rouge company doing that? Anybody no, in Baton no, Rouge doing a, that? No, it's a technology company out of uh, New York, Manhattan. That would be another great story. Do y'all, do are y'all heading in this direction as well, Stephen? A little or? bit of a different direction than, than Lamar. Uh, technology is causing our in industry to converge together. Mm -hmm. Before, you had big offset printers and you had large format printers and you had sign shops. Well, the little guys are going to have trouble because the technology is expensive, and you really can do it a lot cheaper with the technology. But you've also seen the, the difference between the offset printers and the digital small format printers and the digital large format printers and the sign printers go away. It's all one now. It's all becoming yeah. one. And so we're pretty much 
because we can see where the world's going, have become a complete sign printer slash printer. So we, people don't even know what to call us. We started as sign shops, then we went into printers. Now we're, we're more of a printer than we are. We're not a sign shop at all, so that's why. Interesting. It's, it's all merged into the one, and unless you understand that, you're really going to be left behind. He can and, see and where the world is going. I hope you can figure out where journalism is from going. <laughs> well, from, from the point of view of the customer, uh, for example, the resolution's getting better, price per square foot's going down, down, the technology's Things are getting cheaper. incredible. Um, so there's more that a, a small company, say, could do it's, in it's this harder, arena. It's harder, it's uh, harder. We got one more fun thing going on. We've gotten into 3D printing. Okay. So I'll do a little shout out to one of our good customers, uh, Gordon McKernan. You probably have seen him on the truck. Oh yeah. yeah. Right, so that 3D execution is really cool and the machine that does that um, is also really cool because you start with uh, what is essentially styrofoam. Mm -hmm. It's a little more complicated styrofoam. Um, and the machine cuts away everything that doesn't look like Gordon McKernan. <laughs> right. Wow. And it's really fun to look at. I mean, it's really cool. We, we do that out in, uh, on Tom Drive. Oh, we're going to have to go yeah. visit that. Yeah, that it's, sounds it's like a, a really fun thing. Great field trip. Well, I would like to see that, and I would like to invite you to come see our place. Do you, do, do you guys do 3D? Uh, no, we don't do 3D, 3D printing. Yeah. We, we, we're no, we're I, strictly 2D printing. 2D. Well, guys, we have a special guest with us today who has spent his career working with a very different sort of sign. He is Billy Tam, and he is one of the last neon sign repairmen in the area, and that might make him sound very, very old. As you can see, he's not, <laughs> but he is one of the few who knows, who still knows about neon. Billy has produced neon for everything from small beer signs to the billboard of Shamu at SeaWorld in Orlando to the neon Coca-Cola bottle at the new plant here in Baton Rouge, which, by the way, is one of just two neon Coke bottles in the whole world. Billy, pleased to have you here today. Thanks for having me. What drew you to neon, and, and, and tell us about your craft, because it really is it a was, craft. It was totally accidental. Really? I was, at the time, I was a full-time musician in the early, late 70s, early 80s, and working three or four nights a week, playing and bored. Playing the what, by the way? Pedal steel guitar. Uh, oh, very cool. <laughs> very, very cool. <laughs> How could you get bored with a pedal steel guitar? Uh... Well, I wasn't bored with the guitar, but it was only so many days to work, or nights rather, to play. And I took a part-time job with a local sign company. My first job was making patterns from a projector on the, on the wall, as y'all have done years and years ago. That was my first job. And, my uh, first job was uh, <laughs> filling in the vast expanse of white that would be between <laughs> the letters. You know, holiday in this exit. Uh -huh. Well, they would stencil out the letters, and then the artist, the true artist, would move on to the next one, and I'd yeah. get a big rolling brush. Yeah, oh. I, I was clueless. But, That's but great. They showed me how to do that, and I started doing some other things <laughs> in the shop, and Buddy Abadie was over yep. there with his neon shop, and he was working for this company, and he was also wholesaling for other companies because after the Super Neon shut down, there was just two or three glass blowers in town, so... And I got to watching Buddy while I was working and got fascinated with it. And I realized after a year or two, I said, well, that's something I could do on my own time and still continue to play. And that's what got me involved with bending glass. So I virtually locked myself in one of a uh, friend of mine's warehouse over in the Choctaw area for about six months and went through several hundred pounds of clear glass over the fires until I got where I could produce something I could sell. Was it very difficult to, to learn? It's a hand-eye coordination thing. It, uh, I took, I 
I got a videotape. Buddy helped me quite a bit. One other tube vendor in the area helped me some. Finally built my own processing plant and uh, started to work. And then the guy that I'd worked for before had moved into Orlando and called me and wanted me to come work for him and contract for him. And I did in some other, other companies down there for a couple of years. But my wife and I still had a house here in Baton Rouge. Sure. She was pregnant with my son and our son, rather. And uh, we came back, came back after a couple of years. And I started working for Thompson when the previous owner, prior to Jay Graham, and then I also worked for a company in New Orleans, and I was working two or three days in one place. Whoever had yep. the most volume is where I was where I was going to work. And I, yep. I my car knew it well, so uh, I eventually I said I I need to centralize, and I got to open up a place out over on Darrell Drive, and started working for companies from Lafayette, New Orleans, and, and Baton Rouge. And we were talking about this before the show. I mean, neon's beautiful, and, and it's there's too just some. There's nothing like yeah. it. It doesn't matter how many, how how fancy the digital displays are, the LEDs. It's it's the aesthetics of it is. I have never seen anything to to match it. Uh, a well done, well designed sign. And if you look at some of the iconic billboards throughout history, and I'm talking about like Times Square, mm -hmm. right? Really pretty cool stuff. And the animated stuff in Vegas was it's, yeah, it's, it's um, just you know fantastic. And um, it's 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 an art that I wish would come back because it it really brings out the best in products when you can do something that's real artistry, really beautiful. And um, you know, unfortunately, Times Square doesn't look like that anymore. No. Do you think is there anything that can replicate it in the not, digital? Not really. Realm? Not yet. But I was thinking about you when you were talking they're about the 3D. They're getting closer better, but they're not there yet. The 3D stuff, I'm, I'm seeing holograms in the future in places with pedestrian traffic. Uh, it's hard to imagine, but I, I, it's hard to imagine what's happening now with, with both your guys' yeah. businesses. You know, that printing on vinyl, I, I was molding plastic faces and back painting them. You know, yeah. it was just a... I've done just about everything there is to do <laughs> except the new high-tech stuff. Yeah. The problem right now with Neon is coming from outside the industry and outside the country. The EPA mandating, we've gone from lead glass, which was easier to work than soda-lime glass, the classics, and now they phased the lead out of the glass, and it's it's become a more... It's harder to work, it's more brittle, and it's more expensive. Uh, the crackdown on the small amount of mercury that goes into a neon tube, even when I was working for 15 different sign companies, I may use two pounds of mercury a year. Mercury was costing 25 to $30 a pound. It's now up to $175, $180, and it's also being banned in certain parts of the country from any tubes having mercury, which cuts out your greens, your blues, your whites. Wow. And a That's lot a of other stuff. And it is a problem. That's a serious yeah. problem. I had never heard that. Okay, well, guys, now it's time to do the checklist. And this is the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you each a question you probably wouldn't hear on a loan application. So, Stephen, how do you hire? What questions do you ask? Oh, wow. We ha I hiring is one of the things I spend the most amount of my time doing. And I think we've, over the years, 
now years relative, we've been around about 16 years, we've learned how to do it. So we are big believers in testing, personality profiling, basic math, basic spelling. So the questions we like to ask are, how is your spelling? And then later on, if they get that far, we'll give them a spelling test. And we care a lot about their integrity, whether or not they said. Same thing with math. So we'll ask the question is, how is your math? And they'll say, great. And then you say, so you can, give an eighth, you can pass an eighth grade math test. And they'll say, yes. And then we'll give them a sixth grade math test and just <laughs> test. Because our business deals a lot with numbers. Sure. So you have to be able to understand basic numbers to just do it. And that tells us what to do. The personality, like somebody who has a lot of energy would be great for a production wor worker, but t not good for a graphic designer who sits down all day. Mm -hmm. So we test and find out their energy level and then make sure we put the right person in the right spot. The other thing we do that's really critical is everybody up the chain. So if you're hiring a production worker, the production manager, the general manager, myself, all have to stand together and say, I want to hire Joe Smith. Anybody can kill, but everyone <laughs> has to. Then no one can later come back and say, we shouldn't have hired that guy. So, no, no, no. You said out loud to me, I want to hire And so -and -so. this has been effective. You Very found effective. that really improved the quality of your employees. It's, fine, it's hard to find people that fits, but yes, when we find them, they generally stay around and they work Every out really well. Every company I've ever worked with, the hardest thing was finding qualified people that wanted to work and didn't have issues that would keep them from working. That's our it, biggest it's challenge. It's just hard in, in general, really. I think. And I don't think that's just in the side business. No, that's, I think uh, that's across, that's the, board, across so. the board. Sean, here's one for you. <clears throat> the meetings you run. Yep. Rigid agenda or food fight? Oh, definitely food fight. Food fight? Oh, yeah, no question about it. Um, and, and really, uh, by design. Yeah? Um, we have a, uh, a very creative culture mm -hmm. over at Lamar. Uh, creative people don't necessarily always want to paint inside the lines and have a following agenda. Um, we also have a, a corporate culture of, of uh, a lot of autonomy um, and, and a lot of... Uh, um, decentralized, not command and control mm -hmm. type of, uh, of a corporate culture. And so when you have a culture like that, um, you, you tend not to throw meetings that sound command and control. Sure. Um, you tend to throw meetings that uh, look a little more like a food fight, um, you know, creative. Um, uh, and, and you just have to make sure everybody has a plate of food in front of them. <laughs> so, uh, Gives everybody a sense of yeah, buying, certainly. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I would say definitely food fight. How many employees do you do you have under you right now? Um, so we have about uh, 3,000 employees mm -hmm. in about uh, 220 offices all around the country and in Canada and Puerto Rico. Um, now here in Baton Rouge, we've got about um, a little over 200 at corporate. Okay. And then we have a local Baton Rouge office that has, um, uh, I'd say, right around 18 to 20. Um, and then... Um, we have a, a printing operation that I mentioned earlier over on Tom Drive where um, we have artists and we do the 3D printing. Um, so, you know, all told in Baton Rouge, we're probably pushing, you know, 260, 270. Employees. Fantastic. Yeah. Really impressive operation. Yeah. Okay, Billy, here's a question for you. Is there anything in the global economy or the big picture politically that touches your business. I know you mentioned I a few minutes ago. Yeah, the EPA issue and also <laughs> the, the trade issue. The, I used to make, when I was in Central Florida, I made some open signs down there and I was getting two to $300 per sign and a 
beer type sign, maybe a little bit bigger in different styles. Sam started selling them for $109, which was my material cost at best. And now China's sending stuff in here that I can't, I can't anywhere near buy the materials to produce what they're selling for hmm. 60 bucks, 90 bucks, 100 bucks. And, and that's, an, that's another, another factor. You know, neon is virtually labor intensive to the max. Sure. It's, it, it's all, all labor. And uh, that's one yeah. of the factors that, that has caused a decline. Now, there will mm-hmm. always be some need for somebody to repair some stuff, but I don't know if we'll ever see it get back to a, a heyday for that reason unless things, things are really change. tightened up in the global economy, so to speak. And that's way above my pay grade for something <laughs> like that. So. I have one more question for, for all of y'all together. Where would you like to, your company or your business to be in five years? Stephen? Lamar sizes. So, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> no, we're, 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 we can't go from 70 to 3,000 in five years. So. Well, we'd like, we have our goal, and our goal that we, is to get it right. And so we track every time a job's done how much is, whether it's right or not. And to write, it has to be price right, it has to be done on time, it has to be done right the first time. Customer has to be happy. Yeah. And so I, I would like to see that our get it right, right now is about probably 96%. The industry is probably 80%. I would like to see that 99% in five years. That's my real goal. But you got to walk, cross, <laughs> law, walk. Sure. Sean, what about Lamar? You know, I, I like that theme of get it right. Um, <laughs> you know, because when we think about, uh, you know, where we want to bring uh, Lamar, um, we don't think in terms of being the biggest, um, or for that matter, even um, the best. But we do try to think about getting better every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's again, that's part of, you know, that a, a culture. And, and it, you have to make that a goal. It doesn't just happen. And... So that's what we talk about. So uh, it, uh, my hope is that Lamar in five years is continuing to get better every day. Um, don't have to be the biggest. Um, it's it's nice to think you're the best, um, but if you're if on this journey you're getting better every day, you'll you'll get there. Great. And Billy, what about you? Where do you want to be in five years? I want to be totally retired instead of semi-retired. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, like I said, I've been yeah. winding down for for some time now. I want to be able to travel. My son's in the Marine Corps. He's an officer. And it'd be nice to be able to go to California and visit him whenever we want to and can. And uh, just that type okay. of thing. I'm a little uh, jealous, i got to tell you. Working 10, <laughs> <laughs> 10 hours a day, <laughs> most days, it's like, I'm a little jealous. Well, Sean Riley, Stephen St. Cyr, and Billy Tam, it's been so much fun to visit with you all today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Out to Lunch and sharing your knowledge of the sign business across the spectrum. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Lamar Advertising CEO Sean Riley, Vivid Inc. Graphics owner Stephen St. Cyr, and Neon Sign Craftsman Billy Tam. You can find out more about Lamar, Vivid Inc. Graphics, and Billy Tam by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's serves lunch daily from 11 to 2, dinner nightly, and brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. 
All the music on Out to Lunch is written and performed by Mitch Foreman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansour's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout Baton Rouge, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Thank you.